Okay, hello. <laughs> I I do the idea of starting a podcast like I'm answering the phone. Hey, it's Jack. <laughs> How are you? That's uh That's kind of funny. <laughs> What's up everybody? My name's Jack. Last name Snodgrass, a stand-up comic in Chicago, Illinois. Listen, you're listening to uh, to Gambling for Shoes. It's a podcast where I gamble for shoes. I had a foot fungus, and I had to burn all of my shoes in a mass incinerator, uh, like they were infested with lice. And now I I get new shoes. At least that's how that, this podcast used to go. It used to be there used to be a little more structure, but I kind of like how it's gotten a little loosey goosey. As a matter of fact. There are changes coming to the podcast. I'll talk about it at the end of the show. Ooh, I'll hang that carrot out in front of you. For anyone who's like, ooh, I wonder what the future of this podcast is. I will tell you, but you're going to have to wait. Um, yeah, so I used to gamble for shoes and win. I used to win, and uh, but I, in moving to Chicago, I kind of uh, I fell off. I, I, I developed a lot of excuses to kind of chill on this podcast. But now, now that I'm kind of settled, I'm going to do this a little more regularly. And it's a Super Bowl, baby! Ow! I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I have an abundance of free time. If, you, if there is a man doing a podcast alone in a spare bedroom with marginal equipment and uh, questionable effort, that is a free man. And that's what I am. I want to share something I read today. Um, so, because I'm not really religious, I have a vacuum for my spirituality. Um, <laughs> that was a hard turn. It's like fungus and then sports betting, shoes, and then, hey, how about some God? <laughs> no, listen to this. All right, so I, I grew up in the South, somewhat religious, up until like 12 then I kind of realized, oh, there's some manipulation going on in here. And I just was like, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'll figure it out on my own. But that being said, I am envious of people who are deeply religious because it's a very grounding thing to have in your life. You know, and I'm just out here a fucking free agent. And which leads me to shit like this. So I have, we have spirit cards in this house. They were my wife's idea. And um, I think when I first heard the idea, I was like, that's ridiculous and now here I am reading one on the most popular gambling podcast ever um here it is um from our lady who prevents interference you shall not be harmed nor shall you be swayed from your inevitable spiritual success on my path of love I prevent spiritual sabotage from succeeding the success on your path through me is the triumph of spiritual freedom that being said, I like the Eagles on Sunday, baby. The Lord is my shepherd, and the Eagles are going to pay for my fucking groceries. <laughs> Was that hokey? I don't know. A little bit. But uh, it was kind of a fun transition into the Soupy Bowl. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm excited for this. I'm so deeply hurt that it's not the Bengals but the Bengals have, they have some holes to fix you know they they they're just as good as either one of these teams I feel like uh, the Eagles was not that maybe was not a good matchup for them uh once you kind of break it down they could have won with Joe Burrow but uh I don't know so I think this is a this is 
this is a good. These are two. These teams have been the best, the best teams in the league all year long, consistently. So, I think we're lucky to get a pretty fair Super Bowl. It's gonna be a great game. Don't get me wrong. I like the Eagles, but it's gonna be. This is not gonna be one-sided. I don't think. The only way it gets one-sided is if the Chiefs uh, jump out ahead, like 17-3, and. Jalen Hurts has to throw the ball 50 times. That's the only way. And I don't, I'm not sure if that's going to happen. I think I think the Eagles are going to be able to impose their will on that uh, questionable Kansas City defense. Because everyone probably thinks Kansas City's defense is really good. Because they kept the Bengals down to 20 points. But the Bengals were playing with fucking turnstiles in their offensive line. So, uh, I don't know. I, I The Eagles have arguably the best offensive line in the league. I just don't see the Chiefs being able to dictate the game defensively. Like they did against my poor, sweet, broken, and we'll talk about it and and sad Bengals. But um, I'm gonna I'm I guess I'm in the second stage of mourning. Last week I was angry. Today it's just kind of like oh no, I don't really have anything to look forward to except for the draft. It's like oh who am I? I'm a 35 year old guy who follows NFL drafts with passion. What? <laughs> That's who I am. I'm just a fan now. Uh, I don't know if I already mentioned. I used to play professional baseball. That's where I got the fun- the fungus. I, I sincerely don't know if I mentioned that earlier, but sometimes I feel like it's it's necessary uh, context um, to the same four people who listen to this. They're like, you just like telling people. You just want to feel special. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I like the Eagles. I think originally, man, I uh, I thought watching the Eagles beat a fifth string quarterback to go to the Super Bowl, I was like, man, fuck this team. You know, like they they their their schedule's cake. They just they beat the Giants. Like I just I don't know. I don't know if I really believe in them. But I think they they're gonna they got that wire to wire vibe to where they just be the best team in the league, even though they haven't really been tested. I, I think that I think that they're good enough to beat the Chiefs. Um, even though Mahomes is probably going to do his thing. I can't believe I just said that. But I think uh, I think he's going to do well. I, I, whatever his ankle is, he'll be fine. You know, he'll be running around making plays. But I don't think it's going to be enough. I see this like 27-24 Eagles. Something like that. Um, yeah, I think they're going to run the ball. I think they're going to... Pressure Mahomes, or at least bother him enough, and I think they're going to be able to control the game. I think it's going to it's got a chance to play out a lot like that Tampa Bay, uh, Kansas City's COVID Super Bowl, where they won like thirteen to, or they won like thirty-one to ten or something. Chiefs had no offensive line, and the Bucks are just up Mahomes' ass the whole game. It could play out like this. I saw, I was in Dubuque, Iowa this weekend doing some shows and they were playing in the bar uh, a replay of that COVID Super Bowl. I was like, dude, what? What on earth was that? That was just three years ago. It's like, Jesus Christ. It's like another planet, but so eerie that that was a, that's just like a piece of history that there was just this Super Bowl we played and <laughs> it was empty. You know? And no one that could, and the country was really, was totally torn in half as to what had happened. But God damn it, we got together and we watched football. <laughs> like the only people allowed to go were like uh, the peanut salesman who got vaccinated. That was like the only people there. If I remember correctly. 
the yeah the peanut not not door to door peanut salesman but the fucking the vendors. I mean, if you're eating peanuts due to a sporting event, I know people like it. I know you like it, but good God. There hasn't been a new peanut grown in 50 years. They just made 6 trillion of them in like the year 1790. And they're like, well, we don't have to make any of these ever again. And we're still packaging them up and sucking on them, spitting them on the... They're a disgusting. Look, they're good. Don't get me wrong. But they're a disgusting food for people to eat. Because at least sunflower seed shells are small. Peanut shells are fuck. <laughs> it is a weird rant. That was. <laughs> yeah. So I like the Eagles, man. All that being said. <laughs> All that being said, I, I, like, the, I like the Eagles. I, I, I don't know if I'm going to go directly with them. I, there's a couple prop bets I like. Because there's the, look, you there's a chance, like at least a forty to forty five percent chance that Mahomes is just too much, and he beats the Eagles by himself. Um, but I don't think the Chiefs are that good. That's the thing is that they lost. They should have lost to the Jaguars. They should have lost to the Bengals. And I just think they're on this tight wire act, tight rope walk. Also, and I think they're gonna kind of meet their match. Granted, some part of me is spiritually rooting for the Eagles because fuck the Chiefs, dude. That was fucking bullshit last week. You fucking, you know it, Kansas City. You could tell, you could tell they were lucky to get off because of the way they overreacted to the win. Like, they were so hyped to, to have won the game. Everyone was like, Burrowhead, my ass, and that mayor is a Rudy Poo piece of fucking trash. And Mom's like, yeah, I just want to fucking, yeah, I'm a... Fuck the Bengals. I'm going to smoke a cigar. <laughs> he actually was pretty graceful, and but that was just how it all felt. It was a very tough day for me to watch that. Because <laughs> Mahomes is like, he's talented and shit, but he's not really likable. But I guess it doesn't matter. Whoever is beating your favorite team, you're going to not like their quarterback. <sighs> so, we like the Eagles. And maybe some of it is emotional. But there's a lot of good storylines here. The Sirianni thing, he he was fired by Andy Reid. It's, it's ultimate revenge game. And Andy Reid, dude, he's pretty, uh, he's a, a not so good at, uh, at the clock. I, like, I feel like he fucks up at least three points a game on his, with his team, with his clock management, you know. Kind of leaves teams, gives teams some, some opportunities that he doesn't have to. So... I don't know. I, I I have an idea what I'm doing. I, I don't know if I'm gonna go like Eagles money line or Eagles to cover. I'm not really sure. There's a bet that the Eagles winning from one to fourteen points that pays out like almost two to one. It's a prop bet. I'm really gonna keep an eye on. Probably gonna have to fire away at that one. But uh, let's transition from there to uh, the Bengals real quick. Uh, I know that. Uh, so the backstory on that is I live in Chicago now, but I lived in Cincinnati. For about two and a half years, which was long enough for me to totally jump on the bandwagon of this Joe Burrow-led team and pretend like I've been here since fucking Boomer Esiason. But that is not true. Uh, I am totally an opportunistic fan. I came in right as they drafted Burrow, and I was like, that's good enough for me. I am emotionally attached now. And uh, it's been a great ride. And it's true. I'm a fan. Like, I used to play professional sports, and sometimes I would look at fans and like, God... 
Don't you have something better to do? Don't you have other parts of your life you'd like to cherish? This really matters to you. Go home. But now I'm one of those fans. I'm like, look, bro, I need this, okay? <laughs> I need this Bengals Super Bowl. I need them to draft well. I need to feel like I'm a part of something special. <laughs> the tables have turned. Um, but rough week for a Bengals fan. Or at least uh, it's been uh, tumultuous. Joe Mixon was, uh, um, alleged, was accused of waving his gun around and being like, I'll shoot you, bitch, or something like that. And it turns out uh, all of those claims were totally made up. Um, and now the story goes away, which to me is fucked up. Because Mixon has everything to lose in this situation, right? And yeah, I don't. it's not fair. I mean, life's not fair, of course, but Mixon has everything to lose in this situation. And this person just makes up some total, something from literally... La La Land, not from a real place, accuses him of doing something something totally dastardly. And what's crazy is that to watch the media work, they all, like every headline was like, Joe Mixon allegedly involved in menacing altercation. That was like the word that they used. They're like, hey guys, let's, let's use menacing, okay? Because that's all, legally, that's the best thing we can use and still get the most amount of clicks. But it turns out the whole thing was made up. Bada bing, bada boom. He goes on with his life. And she just... I don't know. I feel like that person should have to make... Even though they have like two Twitter followers or something. They should have to make a public apology. Like, hey, I was bullshitting. I totally just lied for no fucking reason. And I'm sorry. Because that's that's what Joe Mixon would... Because if... You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like... We need to hold people accountable who just make shit up. Anyway, vote for me, you guys. Uh, <laughs> um... After that, T. Higgins involved in trade rumors. What? No. But I think that's bullshit. I think he's going to stick around. Um, Lou Anarumo may be gone. The defensive coordinator may be the head coach somewhere else. That's a real bummer because anyone who's ever listened to this podcast knows that I think Zach Taylor may be a little, how do you say, slow. <laughs> I mean, they've had a lot of success, okay, but I still... I still got my guard up in terms of like how good of a head coach he is in terms of like winning games because anyone can beat the Panthers by 28 in week 14 when you're fully healthy or something. You know what I'm saying? But in these playoff games when the margin for error is so small, every fucking decision is so microscopic and like that, like, I don't know. The implications are tough and you know, I, I don't know. I feel like that he it's clear that he's at least not an asset in these really, really close games. Like I've just in the in these AFC championship games, in these Super Bowl in the Super Bowl last year, I felt like he was a little overmatched coaching wise. But there's been times when they've you know, you where you couldn't deny their success of like what they did in Buffalo. I mean, they went in there dismantled that team. Some of that's probably Burrow and maybe the coordinator or what else. I don't think they did that in spite of, of Zach Taylor. That was total domination. But I don't know. Hopefully he's getting smarter in the offseason. Some Sudoku. I don't know. Maybe he's playing chess. That's what I would do if I was an NFL coach. I would just play chess all day long. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so hopefully Anna Rumo, our defensive coordinator, who's uh, smart, our defensive coordinator. You hear that? That's emotional attachment. Hopefully my parents don't lose their defensive coordinator. <laughs> that would be bad for our family. <laughs> but I, I hope I hope uh, Uncle Lou stays around. Um, we need him at Christmas. <laughs> yeah, so I, what sucks is that now, like a week off from football, like... Such a bummer to not have it. Like it's, it really is an addiction that we don't even know that we have. But it's it. The Super Bowl is about to be over, and then what? And then what? There's no, there's no nothing. Just bleak emptiness, which are kind of the same things. For the next eight months, maybe maybe some dopamine on the draft, whatever. It's like you you have this girlfriend, and she's great. And abusive sometimes. And then she just leaves. No contact for eight months. And then she shows up the next year with like a new look. A couple new players. A couple new outfits. <laughs> and she's back in your life again. <laughs> I hope girls... Do girls listen? Hello girls. Listen to this podcast. It's a good one. You'll like it. <laughs> and then he talked about football like it was his fucking mistress like he was fucking his football team it was so bad <laughs> um no football so what did i do i i went to i went to another distraction that i've had sometimes is i tried to watch a movie i watched a movie on sunday um and it What's crazy is that it didn't feel much different than the Bengals losing to the Chiefs. I watched All is Quiet on the Western Front, which is a fucking hardcore movie about goddamn World War One. Holy shit. Um, wow. I know I just compared the Bengals losing by three to World War One, but um, it was an artistic exaggeration. But that movie, good God, World War One has always like really freaked me out. Because in World War II, you're probably just going to get shot. You know, and like that's obviously sucks. But, you know, it's kind of a, a very surgical death. You know what I'm saying? Like you have a bullet that kind of tears through your body and explodes. And uh, hopefully you die quick. This is so, this is so bleak. But this is, this is about war, okay? And in World War I, you got gas. You got bayonets. They had tanks for the first time. In World War II, tanks had been around, so people were maybe weren't so intimidated, but pretty sure World War I were the first tanks. They're in, tw- they're in trenches. A nightmare. A literal nightmare. Unless you were mold. If you were mold, World War I was your shit because it was just wet and dark. But a crazy, crazy movie. Good God. I'm never... It is. I don't see a world where I'm in the army. I'll, I'll put. I'll put it. You call me a call me a coward. Some. I don't care. That looks so shitty. Like minor league baseball sometimes felt like the army, and it really sucked. So to actually be in the army, that would that would really. That's that's tough tough gig, especially in 1918. Whew. But I don't know if this is true. I I let me look it up. Um. Hey, chat GPT. I want to talk about that in a second, um, by the way. If you haven't heard of that, then I'll explain it. But uh, 
Um, basically, at the end of the movie, it's all about. Uh, it's it's so fucking heartbreaking. I, I'm not going to spoil anything, but like, if you're watching a World War One movie that's all about this visceral, gritty, terrible thing party, like you kind of know that most people will be dead by the end of the movie. Um, <laughs> but there was this part at the end. Sorry, this is me type. This is a very intimate podcast. It's like you're sitting in my lap. <laughs> so, basically in the movie, it's like at the end of the war. And everyone's just fucking so just over it. You know? <laughs> you ever just Are you just ever over war? Um, things are as bad as possible. You know, the because it's about Germans. It's about the young Germans... Uh, against the French. That's what it's about. And it's dubbed, but the, and they gave the Germans an English accent, which is like weird. You couldn't, there's no German actors. No one could do it. No one could do a German accent. Like, I hope I don't go to war today. Oh no, we have to eat the rats again. That was not German. Whew. Whew. That was a, <laughs> that, not a great vocal effort right there. Hopefully we don't have to eat the rats anymore. I would really like to go home and kiss my grandmama. So bad. Um, <laughs> so the war is almost over. It's the French kicking the shit out of the Germans. And the Germans are trying to negotiate peace. But the French are really, they're really kind of putting the screws to them in the negotiations, basically. Because they're like, hey, we're kicking your ass in war. The only terms that you're that will agree to are really going to be advantageous to us, um, and the Germans are trying to delay that, but they're losing tens of thousands of people a day, and eventually they they come to terms, they sign it, and the war's going to stop in like six hours. But there's this like general that's like in charge of like uh, the main character's army, and with like thirty minutes left in the war, he's like, "Fuck the French." Fuck yeah, Germany! Go get them, boys! And one one of the army guys is like, "Dude, I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not. I'm not going to go back to battle." So they put him against the wall and, but you know, bing, bang, bang, shoot him. Um, <laughs> it's so dark. But uh, then they all go to war, and like they they start marching on the French trenches with like 15 minutes left in the war. And pretty much everyone dies senselessly because the war stops. And they like blow the whistle at war. They're like, hey, it's 11 p.m., folks. Or it's 11 a.m., folks. War's over. Who wants biscuits? <laughs> and it's, it, the movie is basically about how senseless war is and how basically they're just sending the youth to die while the elites negotiate what they need to negotiate you know, like the price of oil or something over croissants and espresso and whatever Germans drink. So, I don't know. Let's not go to war. Vote for me, you guys. It's been a very political podcast. I've had some great takes. Um, sometimes it does feel like war with the Chinese spy blue thing. Like, dude, is this like is this like the prequel to war? Is it really? Are we gonna look back like, oh yeah, that balloon? They floated across the whole nation. It took pictures of me naked in the shower. 
You remember when it looked at me while I was looking at fucking boys having sex on my computer? <laughs> Dude, I'm so... T- I, COVID has me so fucked up that the whole Chinese spy balloon thing. I'm like, well, we probably created it. We probably made a hot air balloon, put the Chinese symbol on it, and we're like, let's just watch our people go crazy. Uh, and that way we can just go invade China two years from now or something. I don't know. I'm so skeptical. I hope that doesn't happen because I ain't fighting for shit. You hear me? I ain't I ain't doing shit. <laughs> because in war movies, they'll be like, so what do you do back home? And they're like, I'm a school teacher. I'm like, oh, that's a that's a novel profession, you know? I'm like, what are you what are you gonna go back to after the war? And the guy's like, I'm a shoe cobbler, man. What am I gonna do? I'm a stand up comic. I'm sure, I'm sure <laughs> it's going to try I just have the worst. Could you imagine a stand-up comic with PTSD? Could be our future. Um, speaking of the future, this is a long one, but I kind of, I'm feeling inspired. You know, I'm feeling myself. I'll, I'll, I wanted to talk about this and then, uh, then I'll talk about the new podcast. And that'll be that. I do want to start sharing some more stand-up. Like at the end, I don't know if you listened to the last episode, but I played a little clip of stand-up at the end. And I wanted to do it today, but uh, I just kind of got bogged down. And sometimes I would let that, let me not actually do a podcast. Like, well, I can't do stand-up at the end because I didn't get to it. So I just won't do the whole episode. But I'm like, no, dude, do the episode. And then you'll, you you'll can do that later. So I am going to start playing some more stand-up at the end of these Um I think that'll be cool because that's how I, that's how I first connected with stand up. So that's like how I kind of like, I like to share it. It's like, I heard tapes when I first got into it when I was like, you know, five years old. Uh, I was going to talk about chat GPT, but we'll save that for another day. Um, we'll just, we'll just go ahead and wrap it up now. Um, yeah. So I like hearing, I like hearing stand up for the first time with no images, no video, no nothing. You just hear it. And, uh, I was listening to Bill Cosby. That was the first stand up I ever listened to. And he's like, you ever get a girl laying down all sleepy in the bed? (laughs) If I'm about to jump into an act out or an impression, just take cover. Because they're not rehearsed. And they certainly do not have shame. But I was listening to some Bill Cosby. That's who I like the first stand-up I listened to. And he's obviously the whole thing with him and the girl that's like crazy bad. Okay, I don't have to fucking say that. We all know that. But his stand-up was incredible. Like, he's so, so talented. Just flip the switch on Bill Cosby. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so talented. Like, almost too talented towards, like, all the rapey stuff. It's like, oh, it kind of makes sense. It's like the price you pay to be that talented. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, hearing his stand-up and then seeing it was, like, crazy. And, like, I remember I downloaded early Dave Chappelle and listened to it on Napster. Killing him softly. And I was like, this is the best shit I've ever heard. So when I actually got to see it later, it was like, I don't know. It was like, all waiting to see it made it even better. And I obviously love Dave Chappelle. So in the name of Bill Cosby and Dave Chappelle, I'm going to play audio clips of me doing stand-up. <laughs> no, honestly, the reason I want to do it, I mean, there is that nostalgic portion of it. Because I think stand-up should translate if, it's, if you're just listening to it. 
But also, everyone now is, is putting out their clips, and I'm just not sure about that. I'm just not sure if that's the route I want to take, but I also know not sharing anything is probably not the right idea. So I at least wanted to share something. So basically, I want to share clips of uh, of, sta- of the stand-up I do, which right now is a fucking mixed bag. So I've been doing it for four and a half years, okay? Uh, I'm at this level where I'm where I'm like starting to feature a little more regularly, which means like, so if you go to a club, Helium, The Improv, A Funny Bone, uh, there's a comedy club in pretty much every major city, okay? Um, there'll be a host who comes out and does 10 minutes, who's very much, is his job or her job to um, like get the crowd ready. So you gotta do like, hey, how's everybody doing tonight? Make a little noise, yoo-hoo! You have to do a lot of that shit. But then you also get jokes because you have to get them laughing. And everyone who does comedy knows that hosting's hard because you're getting a very cold crowd. Uh, and you got to work them up. you got to go 0 to 60, basically. Then there's the feature who comes in after the host and does about 20 minutes um, to a warmed-up crowd. It's a, very, it's a very cushy spot. And then there's the headliner who everyone is there to see uh, who is going to do an hour. They're typically famous. You've seen them on TV. Um... And that can rain. That could be Louis C.K. or someone that you saw on TikTok. It's just kind of crazy. Uh, this how broad the spectrum of comedy is nowadays. Um, and I'm so I'm, right now I'm in this middle part. I'm middling. That's what that's what the old schoolers say. So I still host a little bit, but I I kind of hosted for like a full year, and now I'm starting to get some feature work, which is cool because um, that's a it's a very sweet spot. Because the crowd's already there. It's like meant for you to to uh, explore and find out what your headline version of you could actually be like. Because at 10 minutes as a host, you don't really get to like stretch your legs. You're kind of doing a job. As a feature, you're stretching and exploring. Um, as a headliner, you've already done the exploring. You kind of know who you are as a comic. So you could be up there for an hour. And it's no big deal because you're you are you've like realized who you are as a comic in a way. So when I'm not featuring though, which is like I'm featuring, you know, I'll probably get maybe one or two a month this year. I don't know. Um, but when I'm not featuring, I'm gonna be in Chicago doing little showcase spots. But the majority of my sets are at these open mics. Some open mics are very good. Uh, some are. In a comedy club with a paid audience, and it's like you're doing normal comedy featuring, but for a much shorter time. Um, but then you do them in bars, which typically suck. You do them in coffee shops, which are okay. Maybe little tiny theaters, uh, little back rooms, shoe closets. I mean, literally anywhere, bro. It's it's insane. It's like an underground thing, and uh, most of them are really bad. Very, 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 very bad to where you're not necessarily bombing. It's just like you're doing comedy in front of like 15 comics who are on their phone. So so what I want to do basically is um, move this podcast to where a lot of it is dedicated to stand-up. And my experience is stand-up, which is being... And I want to be totally uh, transparent with my situation. Was like Sometimes it really looks like I'm doing it, but there's other nights where it's like whoa dude what you do this how often like you go you drive 15 minutes out of your way wait around and do three minutes in front of 15 people who don't want to be there and don't get laughs it's like yeah so it's i, I, I want to share it all i think 
um, because I love the good and the bad. Um, yeah, so I, I kind of want to share that. So I've clipped, I, I record pretty much every set I do on my phone. Now the audio is not great, but the experience you can still kind of like, you know, get the picture. So I want to put in, you know, little clips from shows I did or little clips from open mics that made me laugh and maybe feed you guys some context and kind of lift back uh, the curtain and uh, show you what it's like to be uh, a comic who sometimes works, sometimes bombs, but typically, regardless, dude, I'm typically always having fun. It is a blast. Uh, everyone should do it unless you're not funny. Then definitely don't do it. <laughs> That's it, guys. Uh, so that's going to be all we're doing today. I just wrapped up twice in back-to-back sentences. Um, this was a long one. But I'm stretching my legs. I'm a feature now, baby. I'm just settling in. But no, uh, thank you for listening. We'll, we'll be back next week with the Super Bowl reaction. Just know that the majority of my money is going to happen, go towards these couple things. That is uh, the Eagles winning a close game. I'm going to bet on that. I'm going to bet on like a Miles Sanders touchdown. I'm going to bet on Patrick Mahomes going for over 300 yards. Um, and this time next Monday, I'm going to be fucking rich. Ow! Uh, maybe not. Well, I got my little cards. Remember it said, uh, Our Lady who, prever- who, <laughs> who prevents interference. That sounds like defense. Yeah, baby. Let's go, Eagles. Nah, I think Eagles 27. Chiefs 24. Anyway, make bet. Be a fucking man or a woman or they, them. Do and make some bets. Make a bet. It's good for you. It's about accountability. And if you win, you have proof that you are right sometimes. Think about it. Make a bet.